The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Smile TV Presents Hunger for Justice, the Jared Calhoun Story. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. It was Thanksgiving night in 2007 in the small town of Three Pumpkins, California. It was a calm, quaint place, a small town all too distant from the pills and the ethnic food of the big city. The Calhoun family was sitting down for dinner, dressed to the nines, smiling and taking photos and posting the happy occasion all over social media. Great-grandma Maggie Calhoun was in town, and despite her age, she still made sure to cook her famous sweet potato pie. It seemed like the ideal family, but little did anyone know that just bubbling beneath the surface, a tragedy was brewing. A tragedy that would capture the attention of a horrified nation. At the center of it, one man with a hazy, unclear story, who would end up being the only one in the family alive to tell the tale of what happened. The question is, should anyone really believe him? In the 15 years following the story, there have been whirlwind trials, retrials, jail time, earth-shattering secrets, counter-lawsuits, and even a few primetime reality shows. Despite all the pomp and circumstance, few questions still remain. Did Jared Calhoun eat his family? Was Ambien responsible? Can you eat a person in self-defense? Where are the missing skits? I'm Peter Faulkner. These questions will be asked tonight on Smile TV Presents Hunger for Justice. The Jared Calhoun story. Uh, Every day it stays just as hard. I have to learn to live with myself. I have to do what I can to warn people about, you know, the dangers of Ambien. Every time I'm just living my life and I see a happy family, it makes my stomach hurt. My stomach will knot up and I have to take a shit immediately. It's just my life now. That's what I'm left with. Every day, you know, my stomach hurts like hell and I have to shit super bad. Still, you know, there are people out there who say that, you know, they're happy that my stomach hurts. They say that I should be killed for what I did. You know, my throat slit, my head bounced against some cement, or, you know, that they wish that I should shit myself to death. You know, people out there say all kinds of things like they want to give me a pink belly or an Indian burn until I'm dead. I have only one thing to say to those people. Stop being mean to me. It's not my fault that I ate my family. I'd like to see how you react if you ate your family. I didn't eat my family, I mean. I mean, I technically I did, but I, I was crazy at the time. The Spanish call it loco. The English, well, in English, we call it Ambien. Now we are here to sit down with Jared Calhoun the fresh-faced boy who was found by first responders completely covered head-to-toe in blood and family guts, now a 34-year-old man, middle-aged. 34 is middle-aged. This hour-long interview is the first interview that Jared has given about his family in over 10 years. Jared, thank you for joining us. Objection, Your Honor. My client won't be taking any questions today. We have to ask some questions. We told... Yeah, I said we agree... They're not going to pay us if we don't answer some of the questions. Well, did, wait, did I say it was? Did I say earlier that it was okay for you to answer these questions? I think we talked about it earlier. We okay. had the. I, uh, I think you know. Come to think of it, uh, you're right. Actually, I did say it's okay to do this interview. Because uh, why else? You know, we, we've uh, been we've been put, having makeup put on and stuff for like an hour. I'm, I'm sorry, Jared. Who is this with you? I'm sorry. This is my this, this is my lawyer, Ken Koala. Well, I'm an attorney, which is like a lawyer, basically. Oh, see, I didn't know that. See, that's why I have Ken here to help me with stuff that I don't know. Well, a, a lawyer is an attorney. Well, yeah, an attorney is a lawyer. I'm just saying for the people well, at home it, watching this. Maybe like an attorney's like a lawyer's boss. I wish. Believe me, as an attorney, I wish that were true. But now, you are a lawyer, Ken, I wanna, though, right? I wa- Real quick, you oh, are a yeah. lawyer. I, I see. Okay. I'm a lawyer, but I'm I'm also an attorney, basically. Ken, I want to give this moment to Jared. He agreed to come on here so he would be able to actually tell his side of the story. I'm just here to make sure that he tells his side of the story in a way that's not going to incriminate him. That's fine. Even he but did if you could wrong, just keep it, if you could just keep it. Keep it right, down. because I got in trouble uh, because of this stuff, and I don't want to get in trouble on it because, you know, and sometimes I won't say the right words or I'll say something that sounds, like, stupid or incriminating. 
and people will be like, you know, what if that guy is like the bad guy that like the media says he is out to be? And that's why I have Ken here, who's my a a turn attorney. Well, I'm your lawyer, but yes, I'm also your attorney. Sure. Well, I'm only paying you one. I'm not paying you for both, right? Well, we can discuss that after the interview, I think. But. Well, thanks for having us here today, Peter. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, kind of going out here and talking to everybody and just kind of clearing my name a little bit because, you know, I still find that most people, you know, think I'm I'm guilty and think, think I'm a bad guy. And I just want to kind of show people, like, I'm a normal guy. Like I'm funny at work. Like I'm a funny coworker. Like I'm, uh, you know, when I went to school, I was kind of like a class clown, and I was kind of like a likable guy. So I just want people to kind of see that and not look at. I don't want people to look at me and see the guy that ate his whole family. Well, we're happy to have you on and allow you to have this opportunity. It must have been, must have been, quite difficult um, to come on here and actually tell the truth and show people who you really are. Right. So why don't we go back to the beginning? How did this whole thing start? Well, you know, I, I, people always use this kind of ev- evidence against me, but, you know, I was going through a lot at the time. Um, I was 19. I had just dropped out of Arizona Estate. Um, I wasn't doing too well, and, like, I was trying to figure out like what to do with my life. So I had just moved back in with my parents and, you know, I was hanging out most days and, and YouTube was really taken off uh, back then. And like a lot of people were doing like these skits, like, um, you know, Lonely Island, you know, they got an SNL kind of doing skits. And later on, I think Kyle Mooney got on SNL doing skits and stuff like that. And I would see like videos on Facebook and YouTube of people, you know, shooting skits inside their own house. And I was kind of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I was, re- I was thinking skits. I was telling my family skits. I was really, you know, I wanted to do skits. And, you know, they weren't really supportive in a way. Um, you know, they wanted me to go back to school. They wanted me, you know, if I wasn't going to college and I would have to get a job and I said, you know, I'd be too tired to shoot skits. And, um, me and my father buzz, we were going back and forth a lot during that time. It it was quite a tumultuous time for me. Um, do you want me to talk about Thanksgiving night? Yeah, that's what, that's what you're here to talk about. Right. Well, I just didn't know because like, I've also done a bunch of shows. I did, you know, Celebrity Law here where I met my my lawyer here, Ken Koala. I've done a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, I also said, I remember when you guys were asking me to do this, I'm like, just real quick, like, we could talk about some stuff other than, like, me eating my family a little bit. And I know that's, like, what I'm here majorly to talk about, but also, like, I don't want to, I just don't, I, I don't want it to be, like, a bummer of an interview, you know? Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. It's a little suspicious to me that this television program is interested in all of the the drama and the trauma of the past, uh, but they don't see you as a person because you were just talking about your skits, right? Why don't they ask you on to do a nice skit for them instead of you know talking about all this nasty stuff? Well, I don't know. I can't do a skit now. I'm not prepared. I don't have any of my gear. I don't have any of my scripts or any of my bits that I've been working on. So I really don't want to do a skit here. If you could give me like 30 minutes to like ride out a skit or plan a skit, I could do it. Well, Peter, what if, if you just a- describe off the top of your head a skit as you look directly into the camera at millions of Americans at home who want to hear what you have to say? Well, my producer is saying that you agreed to the contract. So my idea, my it. like you kind of skit it. idea. Oh yeah, I did my sign skit I idea my was there. like, yeah, right. I'll take a video of my face and I'll like from the left angle, I'll be like the boyfriend, and from like the the right angle, I'll be like the girlfriend. And I'll wear a wig, and it'll be like you know, I hey babe, I'm gonna go out and hang out with the guys, and then the right angle would be like, you said you'd stay here and help me. Uh, you'd stay here, help me clean my pussy or something. And then the right one would be like, what? And she would go, that's right or something. And then it would be like, on the right, I would like, and that's like kind of like a skit I would have. See, now that sounds like an SNL caliber skit to me. It's interesting that they wouldn't have you on after you allegedly ate your family. Oh, they wouldn't let me host either. I wanted to host on SNL. I wanted You're to a celebrity audition. now. They won't well, have you it's host? like I took some classes. I wanted to do, you know, I was going to do a Herald, you know? 
I thought they'd really like that, and I had like thought about doing a herald, but uh, I you know this happened instead, and you know it's it's you know I, I shouldn't complain about the way my life has turned out. I'm just blessed to you know survive that night. Really, why did you take us through that night, Jared? All right, it was uh, it was Thanksgiving. Um, I had a bunch of Family Guy DVDs. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Three Pumpkins, California, but it's more of a Halloween town. And things were kind of dying out after Halloween. Um, a lot of the excitement had kind of been gone. Um, you know, the Jack Skellington Festival was over. Trick-or-treating was done. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we were all settling in for, like, the holiday season, kind of like the lesser half of the holiday season, Halloween, or the holiday season after Halloween. Um, you know, everybody was in town. It was a loaded house. We had, you know, great grandma Maggie was there. My father Buzz was there. My mother Rhonda, um, my brother Huey, my sister, which it's, you know, it's Deborah or Deborah. Which one was it? Ken, do you remember which? It was a Deborah or De- Deborah was my sister. Mm. It's so long ago, you know, it's, I can almost like, you know, barely remember some stuff. I, it was Deborah, Deborah. I think it was spelled Deborah, but it was pronounced Deborah. There was my Aunt Cloris, my Uncle Dinger, my cousin Jack Stance, Pucker the Dog, my cousin Stunts. Uh, my nephew Harry was there. Um, it was a packed house, and, uh, you know, everybody was kind of just vibing on Thanksgiving. You know, people were cooking, people were watching football, people were lazing around. Um, I had recently, I I had watched um, Elf twice that day. So I was settling in for my third session of Elf, right? Or Elf, sorry, I watched Elf after uh, the next day. But I had watched, I was settling in for my third viewing of Elf. That's interesting uh, that you watched Elf the next day. A man who's going to eat his family, why would he eat his family the day before watching Alf eat a cat? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Right. If I was watching Alf, if I had like ate a cat, then I watched Alf, I think, which I did. We did have a cat. I do want to say, and I did eat the cat scooter. So I did well, eat That's scooter. neither here nor there. I don't think that has right. anything it's to do with it. It's neither here nor about. there because it was a whole thing. And, you know, it's just, I can barely remember it, Peter. Like, can you imagine? Could you imagine you wake up and like somebody's like, you know, you ate your whole family and you have to like be like, what? Like, I think we've all had one of those Peter? nights, though, haven't we? We've all had those. Have nights. you ever had one of those nights, Peter? We, yeah. I can't say I've had that kind of night. I've had many Thanksgivings with my family, but it never ended in something like this. Had a, had a few too many pumpkin stouts. Had to be very difficult for you. Because they're so sweet, you'd probably have to switch to like a Miller Lite or something. I understand, but you know, I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that you get, you know, nobody wants to drink 12, 13 pumpkin stouts, you know, to get messed up. Ken, is that true? Can I say that? Um, I wouldn't say no one. I think there may be people out there, but um, I do think that we can all relate that we've all kind of been there. How many pumpkin stouts can you like drink in one night? You think? I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I could put back six or seven before I got to switch to those those uh, Tuckers. You know, those right? Because your stomach. I mean, your stomach alone, Peter. You look like you understand like how bad that would be for your stomach. Um, why don't you tell us how it happened? How did you decide to eat your entire family? Well, uh, this has kind of been talked about for a minute now, and everyone's aware of the skits, you know, of part of the, you know, this kind of gets, it got brought up a lot in the trial, but, um, you know, I was working on my skits all day. Um, My father, Buzz, he starts getting on to me, yelling at me, saying, those skits aren't going to get you nowhere. Those skits are good for nothing. You're a good for nothing kid. Why don't you go back to Arizona State and do something with your life and major in business and do like homework where you have to like talk about like income equals profit versus spending and stuff like that. And uh, he was pretty, he was pretty mad at me. And, uh, you know, my, it was my great grandma Maggie that kind of came to my defense that day. And, uh, you know, I don't think my father liked that. And, um, well, uh, this hasn't been proven, but I, I, I believe my father went into my room and stole out my notebook full of skits. You know, which they know ne- the defense never talks about like why it's okay to take somebody's skits. Like they never said yeah, that. Theft? Like, uh as a lawyer, I'm 
quite aware that theft is a crime punishable by the really law. I had worked really hard on those skits, and I, you know, I, I can't film everything all the time, and you know, so I, 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 I you know. I know that this is a TV show and a not, and not a courtroom, but sometimes I can't help myself. Um, Jared, could you remind the viewers um, whether your father was ever persecuted for theft? He was not. No, he was not persecuted for theft. Huh. Interesting. And So um, if he was never persecuted for theft or prosecuted, whatever the word is, um, it's just kind of funny to me that you could be prosecuted for eating him if you did, which I'm not saying you did, but it's funny that you could be prosecuted for doing that to a criminal, a criminal, I, I might add, who was not prosecuted for his criminal activity. Yeah. Well, Ken, I'm going to stop you there. Jared did eat his family. He admitted it. Well, just because he admitted like, it doesn't necessarily it's mean not, it's true. I don't, it's the word did that I don't like. Like, like, yeah, like I, I can, like my body did the physical act of, you know, chopping up my family and eating them and, you know, eating, you know, most of them really. I mean, that should be proof enough. I wasn't in my mental state as in, you know, usually on Thanksgiving's, you know, I'm a two-plate guy. I get two big plates, you know, and I don't snack. So I usually don't have that much room in my stomach. But, you know, when I when I, when I I went back to my room and I noticed my, skit, my skits were missing, uh, me and my father got into a small fight. Uh, my father, Buzz, is a large man. He's about six foot nine, about 380 pounds. I, I simply physically overwhelmed me. My goodness. Um, you know, I was unable to, you know, he, he denied taking my skits, but my skits were missing. And, uh, you know, I, I can't think of anyone who would have gotten rid of them other than him. And so my great grandma took me aside and she said, you know, she wanted me to calm down. So she gave me a pill. And I and that's where this all started. I I didn't know what the pill was at the time, but now I know it it, it was Ambien. It was an Ambien that my my great grandmother gave me. And I took the pill. And you know I'm going to be honest, Peter. From then on out, things were were very hazy. Uh, you know I'll 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 remember, you know splotches of color. Um, you know I remember the turkey was really dry. It was. It was awful. My mother completely overcooked the turkey. It was like, I don't know if she just did like, like if she didn't even brine it or, or what, but the, the turkey was terrible. Um, everyone was being rude to me. My family was making fun of me about the skits. Jack Stance was, you know, yelling at me. I was kind of like the young guy. I was like the low man on the totem pole. You know, my brother, you know, Huey, uh, you know, I got purple nurple, you know, stuff like that. And I, I, I think just something primitive within me awoke. Um, I've seen the crime scene photos and they're, they're awful, you know, and, and I understand, you know, what my, my brain must've been thinking at the time, but your brother Huey was, he was a football player. He went, he was a longhorn. If I understand that. Yeah. Correct? He played for the Texas longhorns. He was a right tackle. I come from a very large family. Um, I understand he was expected to go to the NFL and be a big name, but then fortunately that didn't happen because you, you know. Well, unfortunately it didn't happen because him. my great grandma gave me an Ambien, which was, I was not prescribed the Ambien, by the way. Like, that's not legal. So she gave it to you illegally. She gave me some illegal Ambien. And Basically, I don't know where every she member got of this it. family was a criminal who was asking for it. Well, they were my family and I love them, but like also at the same time, like I know that they would forgive me because like that's who they were. If, if you, you feel know that, guilty, it's crazy you even had to go to trial, you know? Do you feel guilty, Jared, for eating your family on Thanksgiving in 2007? I feel guilty for, you know, eating my family every day. It's just an unfortunate circumstance uh, to get caught in. And like I miss them dearly. And, you know, the, one of the sad things is I can't even really mourn them because, you know, I was get, they didn't let me go to any of their funerals, which why they had 11 different funerals, I do not know. I do not know why Pucker the dog needed his own funeral, but I guess they just wanted to play it up for the cameras. But if I was allowed to go to the funeral, I would have said, like, you know, I feel like they're all a part of me now. And I can't even say that because 
you know, David Letterman, Jay Leno, you know, you saw what they did to Monica Lewinsky at the time, you know, um, and the same thing was happening to me where I was just getting targeted and nobody wanted to hear my side of the story. And when the news broke, you know, it wasn't the discussion we have today. When the news broke, it was, you know, 19-year-old, you know, with terrible skits eats whole family, which I, you know, also, like, I can I just say real quick, Peter, like, if you wouldn't have known that I ate my own family, my skits wouldn't be bad. People just knew that I did something bad. They said the skits were bad. And I and I want to say, like, even if you hate me, even if you think I, like, ate my whole family and you think, like, I'm a crazy piece of crap that would, like, eat my whole family and stuff like that uh, when I'm not on Ambien, because I did it on Ambien, by the way, and that's why I'm not responsible for it. If you think I'm that crazy and that I suck, leave my skits out of it. Just leave the skits out of it. Like, I'll never be able to, like, share my skits or have my any of my skits go viral now because of like what happened and yeah i feel guilty i feel guilty that i like let my skits down i feel guilty that like other people uh you know get get all these slots get to get on snl or or, or talking to conan or something like that and that i just got left behind that the world just left me behind. Well, they were calling you a freak. They were calling you the three pumpkins monster. They were calling you the, um, I think, I think the New York times referred to you as Jared, the cannibal. See all this persecution of my client. Yeah. It's, it's really not taking into consideration that this is a man who is experiencing intergenerational trauma from eating four generations of his family. And it's just kind of insensitive to come out with all these snappy names decrying his alleged behavior when he is ultimately a sufferer of trauma. I do want to say real quick that um, out of all of the people making fun of me, um, the only joke that I enjoyed, the only bit that I thought was like a good joke was uh, it was Martin Short was on Letterman and he said, well, if he's not going to say anything funny he might as well taste something funny. Talking about me eating my family. I thought that was good. I thought that was really fun. I remember thinking, touche, Martin Short, touche. Now, Jared, you said you were left behind in a sense, but that's not necessarily true. You've been on several shows. You've you've earned you know several million dollars over the course of a decade. Well, you were on a TV show with your attorney here can yeah, to be fair most of those several million dollars have uh, gone toward paying my fees but yeah and even then most of it you know i'll do club appearances you know um mostly eastern seaboard new york down to you know virginia beach uh occasionally a couple gigs in vegas really california is kind of done with me so i've just been kind of grinding along i don't know what to I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I enjoyed doing Celebrity Law. It was a great show. Um, I learned a lot about the legal system from Celebrity Law. Uh, you know, that's how I met my attorney here, Ken Koala, who was one of the judges on Celebrity Law. I don't know if you guys, I know you guys well, don't have a, a lawyer. studio audience, but, you know, I can do yeah. a... I'm sure the viewers remember Celebrity Law. Basically, it was like a courtroom where we let celebrities get in there and try to be a lawyer like us, you know? Right. Um, it was a pretty simple setup. We had celebrities acting as lawyers, and these cases were binding, by the way. They, they were, were binding. binding. It's, it was just like the same rules as uh, Judge Judy, where it's like you have to agree with her, even if she isn't like a real judge anymore. You're, it's, it, they call it like arbitration or something. So there's the, the celebrity lawyers, then there's the judge of the courtroom, and then there's a panel of three judges who are expert lawyers who are going to judge these lawyers based on their lawyering as lawyers who are also judges in the game show sense of being a judge, but we're not the judge of the courtroom, which is the other judge. We're just You're not lawyers, allowed to judge the judge. But we are judge. judging you on your lawyering, yes. Like, you can't say anything to the judge. So the judge is still like the judge, but also there's three judges who are not judging him, but they're judging, and they're not judging my client, you know, and we, we they were real clients, you know. People and you were, taken, you were like, not a real deals, lawyer, but you were allowed defense. to be a lawyer. And no, then I judged I you not. on your lawyering, but I was not judging the judge or the clients. I was judging you as a lawyer, one lawyer to another. It, it, it was me and, you know, uh, 
you know, Michael Strahan, Paris Hilton. I remember. Yeah, like, and we all lived in a big house where you know every week we we got tutored on lessons in the law, and you know, you know, drank pumpkin beers and hung out, and you know, it was really, it was really. You know, I, I hate to say it, but uh, I really needed celebrity law. I was at a real dark time after eating my family and going to jail for a little bit and, you know, getting out on the mistrial that, you know, by the time that I was in celebrity law, I'm like, you know, maybe things are going to start turning up for me, you know? And and, and it, it's sad because I was an orphan, you know? I was just an orphan alone in the world. People always forget that when I eat my family. That means I don't have any family that I can be like... You know, I failed out of Arizona State again. Can I stay at your house? No, because I don't. You're not there. You don't exist. You know. Well, see, that's exactly how we sort of met. Because although it was a professional relationship, a lawyer to a fake celebrity lawyer, it was also kind of a father son relationship. Where I noticed, I saw that loneliness in you, and that and that uh, that longing in your eyes for a father figure. And I was like, here's my. I made this board game. I just invented at the time called Gator no, Gauntlet. Um, Maybe we could play Gator Gauntlet together. That, you know? Well. I told you, I don't think we should talk about Gary, G- Gator Gauntlet, Ken. I don't think this is the right time for well, Gator I think Gauntlet. There's lots of people at home who would enjoy Gator Gauntlet. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's not. Uh, we're trying to get picked up by Milton Bradley. It hasn't happened yet. Not, it is available sorry. in select Target stores. Um, sorry, Mainly Peter. the ones uh, on the West Coast where I've gone into the store myself and put it on the shelf next to Monopoly. Uh, sometimes taking Monopoly off the shelf into the trash to get a better spot for uh, Gator Gauntlet. And um, I just think it was kind of a good bonding experience for us. And there's probably fathers and sons out there who would also. I mean, you just had the, the one box too, so you wouldn't let anyone buy it. You just put it on the shelves, and then well, I had a sign-up sheet for when I made more, and you could get a copy. I don't want to talk about Gator Gauntlet. I'm sorry, Peter. I told him not to talk about Gator Gauntlet. Um, you know, you wouldn't let me do any of the ad reads. So why are you going to do Gator? Did we, Gauntlet? did we say that we could talk about this? So I, I was speaking with my producer. I believe. Gator I Gauntlet. believe it's in the contract. We did say we just, would talk for. An just hour don't bring up the Kickstarter. I don't want to do the Kickstarter. I don't. We're just on, I don't believe it was in the we contract. We were just on, yeah, we're on Kickstarter right now. Five minutes into the interview on Stern, he just immediately goes and starts talking about Gator Gauntlet again. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes it's boring to talk about, oh, who did or didn't kill somebody? Oh, who ate someone? Most Americans, right? They get home from work. This is tired. They're tired. It's a stressful day. Heard this pitch like seven times. They don't have anything to say to their family because their jobs are so boring. Why don't they play Gator Gauntlet? Basically, it's a game of guys versus gators in a showdown full of swampy shenanigans. He told me. He, he's he's tried to work this in at interviews where he said if 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 the Calhouns had Gator Gauntlet, my whole family would still be alive. I mean, uh, how would that make you feel, how do you, Peter? If how would you best, feel, if, Jared? Am I if right? Your father, am I figure, right? best friend, the only person you can rely on in the world said that. How would you feel about that, Peter? You're asking me. Yeah. How would you feel? How do you feel about what Ken's doing right now? If I'm being perfectly honest, I find it incredibly unprofessional. That see, that's how I feel too, Ken. Well, it that's is unprofessional, I, quite frankly, because. It's a way to bring people together outside of a professional setting, although you, I suppose you could play it in the office. But uh, when you like roll a five and you get to skip over the, the silly swamp, um, there's, there's a kind of joy in that moment that could bring a father and son together. It could heal perhaps a coworker and uh, you know some kind of boss at work. It could heal all kinds of bridges. And I just think it's important for people watching to know about this. Peter. Well, Ken, I don't, I don't appreciate you undermining us and using this as an opportunity to pitch your board game that is essentially a ripoff of what sounds like Candyland meets. You're just well, going to make also, them explain you also go it around more. And pass go and collect enter. There's dice rolling. Um, you could even use a, a, a D20 in this game. Hard so it's of a game. A much more it's complex. Too, than it's way too hard of a game. It's way too complex. Well, getting away from a gator is hard in real life. So if the game doesn't match the experience of being attacked by a gator, then I have failed as a game designer. We were lucky enough, Peter, get this. We were lucky enough to have dinner with Stephen A. Smith. Ken busts out gator gauntlet in the middle of this fancy restaurant it was like a french restaurant like Stephen the table a was going crazy he loved it well he didn't understand what was doing he was rolling dice he was moving stuff you were just letting him move wherever you wanted because he was getting into it that wasn't even the rules of the game because the rules of the game that you did are, are so shitty and undefined that i don't know why you just don't workshop it for like a month well, Ken- before bringing it to people can let Stephen A. Smith cheat. He let Stephen A. Smith do whatever he this wanted. This is Stephen A. Smith. Moving. Of course he could do whatever he wants. This is a famous... He's His gator was moving gator like gauntlet. seven gonna... spaces. I've had to play Gator Gauntlet like 
a hundred times, Peter. I know the rules better than he does. And he just, every time he tries to show it to somebody, I'm like, fine, I'll play. But as long as you don't let him cheat, and he always lets them move however the one, they, they roll two D6s instead of the so one to do points of damage to the gator. My understanding is if someone is famous and rich, they should be able to get away with whatever they want. You no, are implying. I think that if someone is that more famous Stephen and a. more Smith. rich than my client, they'll be good at publicizing my game. Also, I told you if you're a lawyer, never say no in that tone. That is the most, <laughs> you should never say no. Don't do that. Because every time you, they ask you, did your client kill his family? You say, say it again. Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, Peter, ask me the question, did my client kill my, his family? Did your client, Jared Calhoun, eat his family? No. No. A guy in Gator Gauntlet. You're smiling. Why are you smiling? What because I'm thinking about Gator that? Gauntlet because it's funny when you get eaten in that game because it's just a board game. Ken, please stop, stop smiling. Stop talking about Gator Gauntlet. We're talking about, you know, me. The worst night Kevin, of my this is life. Serious, this is serious business. Okay, let's get okay, let's here. get back down to it. Here we are. Let's take us back to the scene. I thought also I could get on around the horn if we had we had a good a dinner with Stephen A. Smith and you completely derailed it with Gator Gauntlet. Completely derailed it. Well, I thought he was having fun for most of the night. He was, but it was all about you. It was all and he's not gonna buy it, you know? Well, how was I supposed to know that? Ken, please stop smiling and laughing. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to end this if you keep. Well, this now up. I'm smiling because he. Okay, you stop smiling and I'm smiling. We're talking about something very serious. If I'm on TV smiling, it's gonna make me look like a crazy guy. And I already. I don't think ate there's a, ate my family. I don't think there's anything to laugh about. It was here. ambient. It was you know logic. You know whatever I said, I didn't mean it. Now why don't we go through? What it was like to be in jail, and then talk a little bit about the trial itself. I mean, can you talk about that, Jared? I remember kind of coming to, and you know, it was a haze. I get dragged in the police car. I almost feel so chemically messed up. I don't even know what's going on. Everybody's looking at me like, you know, I'm some crazy guy. Like, everybody's got like wide eyes at me, and I'm like trying to get people to explain what's going on. Uh, you know, people said they didn't believe it, and I'm like, well, I don't believe like what I do. I didn't actually get explained, uh, you know, until I got to the jail and I was in my cell that, you know, I, I kept asking for my parents. And they said, well, you ate your parents. And I said, well, I don't think I could eat that much. I, I don't, I still don't think I could eat that much. I guess they made me throw up or something and they saw that I did eat a lot, but I just couldn't. That's like, you know, a thousand pounds of people. And, you know, part of me, I don't want to get all conspiracy stuff, but like, you know, the skits are missing. I don't think I could eat a thousand pounds. So it's like, I get a little suspicious personally. You know what I mean? But when people say that, they always say I'm like being a conspiracy theorist or something. I'm making up stuff. And like, I just, I don't want to get in that situation. I get into jail and you know what they give you in jail? I mean, Ken knows. Ken went to jail, but. What do they give you, Jared? They give you this cup. They call it a mug. And those bars in front of you, all you do all day is you just run those that mug along those bars. It's like a really annoying noise. And I think I did that for three months straight, probably like eight hours a day clocked in, just running uh, that mug against the wall. I mean, I did all the classic jail stuff, Peter. Um, you know, I got a poster of a woman in a bikini. I started picking at it behind it, but the wall was really hard. So I just, you know, I got a cool poster or whatever. It is what it is. You know, I, uh, I, I had a, I had a tally for every day I was in there. Um, you know, I joined a gang, uh, just to survive, um, really. And, uh, you know, three months later, you know, the trial starts progressing, you know, I'm in there through the course of the trial, you know, you know, um, I unfortunately, you know, I didn't have Ken Koala at the time. Uh, you know, I hadn't met him yet. Um, but uh, it, it was it was dark times in the trial, and uh, you know, thank God, you know, they figured that you know, it was so much. You know, people were trying to bust into the jail with cameras. People were trying to go and knock down the courthouse door. People were just trying to, you know, get a taste of what was going on, and it, it was chaotic. It really was. As I recall, they were angry uh, protesters who wanted to eat you. Yeah, people said they want to eat me, and I thought that was so messed up, you know, because, like, 
I'm all skin and bones, you know. I'm all stringy, grisly. You know, I'd have to be, you know, low heat, long time. Well, Jared, let me ask you this. You hear these stories of people, you know, writing letters to Charles Manson, women professing their love for him and sending marriage proposals. Did you get any of that? Did you have people saying, eat me, eat me, Jared, I want you to eat me. Oh, yeah. Big German following. I had a lot of people, a lot of women that were, you know, to to women, I think it's a sexual thing because, you know, what they, they call eating. You know, the eating P, I don't, not P-E-E, but like the letter P, because I can't, <laughs> uh, P asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Can I do the Y or should I do a fourth asterisk? Don't look You're at me. You're referring to uh, Caningulus. Yeah, I don't know his well, name, but whatever he said that. it was, uh, you know, whoever, whatever Greek philosopher invented it or something. But, uh, you know, you can just blur, bleep it out later. It was pussy. And um, basically, women were crazy for that. They're like, really, they didn't have a lot to go. Their letters were really short because I think they just like had the one pun. But uh, yeah, a lot of people wanted me to eat. I'm mean, like, I like now people think I did it on purpose. Like, I don't want to eat people. I haven't eaten anybody since. You know, I haven't eaten anyone lately. Like, I don't know. It was just a really hard time. Do you think you could eat a person again? Like physically or emotionally? Physically. Well, let me just say this. Have you ever seen Dexter? Not personally, no. I'm a, I'm aware of it. Though. Well, in Dexter, he's like a good serial killer. And so then I thought, well, maybe like if everybody forgave me or something, I'd be like, you know, I'd eat. I could be like, a, you know, I could, you know, the lethal injection is so anticlimactic. Like, if they wanted me to, like, eat a guy or something, that was, like, a bad guy. A bad guy. I'd only do it to, like, bad guys, people that had, like, killed their family or something. But I'd eat some... Like, if that was the case, I think I could eat a guy. But uh, emotionally, it'd be very hard for me. I think it might make me sick to my stomach to eat a guy raw. Hmm. A guy who could only eat bad guys. Sounds like a good guy to me. Yeah, that's basically the plot of Dexter. I don't know if you guys seen it. It's on Showtime, I think. So he eats bad guys? Well, I think he just kills them. He buys a lot of saran wrap to eat them with. Well, no, the I leftover, think to like the saran wraps for leftovers. I think like the heart, like the blood gets everywhere. Because I do remember when I was like coming in and out on Thanksgiving night. Like I do remember seeing a lot. Like the people are filled with blood. Like the whole part of the body. Like okay, so like you know when you like cut your arm and there's a little blood that comes out. Uh, I'm familiar. That's all sure. throughout your whole body. Like, there's tons of blood in the human body. So I think he gets saran wrap to do that. You know, my situation was obviously different. I wasn't trying to eat my family. It was just my great-grandma had given me an Ambien, and I just nature kind of took control. And a lot of other people, you know what they don't mention? I wasn't the only one on Ambien that Thanksgiving, Peter. Bet you didn't know that. Well, I don't know if that helps your case, because if you were not the only one in Ambien, then why didn't someone else eat the family? Uh, my, well, my great-grandma Maggie was on Ambien because she's the one who gave it to me, so I knew she was on it. I knew that my brother Huey had been experimenting with it. And, like, you know, in a certain way, like, I don't remember, but I do, like, have intuition. And I think, like, if it's a situation where it's, like, if, if it's me or great-grandma Maggie, like, if it's me or them... Like, I'm sorry, but it's going to be me. I'm like a survivor. So, like, I don't feel like I should be punished for surviving because, you know, I'm sure it was like some crazy kind of like nasty Vietnam scene of people biting each other and me biting my family and swallowing them and stuff like that and like chopping them up and stuff like that. And I know Ambien makes you do that because like Ambien also makes people drive to the store and stuff and it makes them drink milk at night. So it's like capable of anything. You know, and also I, I had a drink, a few beers. I smoked a little bit of weed and like maybe like a tiny quaalude or something like a real. Pit- well, you never mentioned this before. Ken, were you aware? Were you aware of this? Well, that just sounds like a, a teenager who likes to have a good time. Yeah. See, that's the way I saw it is like I was like stupid fucking stupid family. I was saying that a lot. I was a teenager. So, you know what teenagers are like? I was shuffling my feet. Uh, you know, when I walked on a rock path, I mean, I kicked all the rocks. I barely picked my feet up. I was so young, you know. Uh, I, I didn't say excuse me after I burped. Um, 
know, I, I would bully people, go, <laughs> like, I would do stuff like that. Like, I was just a kid, you know? I was just a kid. Well, you were 19. You had already been to college. I think a lot of people might. Right, but I was a late a bloomer. You know, the lot of, they, you know, I tried to say this. And I tried to get my lawyer to say this during the first mistrial, but like, I was a late bloomer. I didn't hit puberty till like 17, you know? I didn't get leg hair, you know, until I was like 18. So I didn't get armpit hair. You know, I got that late, you know? So it's like kind of like, you know, was I 19? Was I like a man or was I like a boy? Because in my head, I was more like a boy. Peter Pan was a boy right. for like a million years and we wouldn't get mad at him for eating his family. And he killed Captain well, Hook. He killed Mr. Hook too. He yeah, got and Mr. The- Hook, Mr. Hook had eaten a clock, didn't he? Yeah, and you know what? I think Mr. Hook a gator. I don't remember. I think a gator ate him. And I'm sorry, I don't want to bring up gators. I don't want to get you started (laughs) on the gators or anything like that. But I do think Mr. Captain Hook. Peter Peter Pan is uh, Captain Hook. I must say, Peter Pan is a a child story. It's not real. It's fiction. No, but it teaches us about our own world, though. Of if you were young forever and you just had fun all the time, you couldn't do anything bad. And sometimes a gator eats a guy, and that's fine too. I'm gonna say that. Mr. Captain Hook got ate by a crocodile uh, because that's different than Gator Gauntlet. Hmm, and I just don't well, want to do another Gator Gauntlet We're going to have to fact check that. I mean, we just had you know dinner with Stephen A. Smith last night, Peter. Have you ever met Stephen A. Smith? I've personally never met Stephen A. Smith. I would like to. I, I like Stephen A. He was so you know funny. You know he's not very opinionated at dinner. He, he well, was really interested in what we had to say. Yeah, mostly he just likes accusing people of smoking crack. I thought that was really funny. He said the waiter was smoking crack. And I told him, like, oh, I'll add crack, crack into Gator Gauntlet if you, if you, uh, and I was like, show. and then you had designed this stupid uh, crack buff system where you get like six more marble. It was so complicated, Peter, when I'm telling you how bad this business idea is. He's been working on it for two years. The rules change constantly. He got a kick. That's because I'm up. workshopping it. And you keep changing the rules. People don't even know what they're buying anymore. They're buying gator well, guys, ask, guys versus would, gators in a showdown full of swampy shenanigans. But I would ask you to not fifty percent in into investing in Gator Gauntlet. Like, like I'm screwed if this the, the you know this Gator Gauntlet. He's been, it's been playing with my money for years. You know. Well, I've been calling Steve I, a, like I would twenty times today to get to get to have him get back to me. So I can. I, I would I just ask wanted you to, to be on around the horn because if I was on around the horn, would, people mm. would be able to listen to me talk about sports opinions and say like you know I think Kyrie. Irving is has crazy opinions and that I know what it's like to be the most hated man in the world. You know, I would say that and then people would like be like this guy's pretty cool. Let's check out his skits in a totally new light. You know, I would refrain from uh self-promotion. You can go on Shark Tank and pitch your idea if you want. Ken, but this is not the he time to said that, Okay, here's the crazy thing, Peter. He got offered to do Shark Tank. He said it would be too confusing because his idea was about a gator. Does that make well, any sense to you? Who do you think would you? win in a shark versus a gator? I, I'm not engaging. I'm asking this from sort of a legal perspective as well as a, a carnal battle perspective. You're the only lawyer. Why are you asking us? Or sorry, you're an attorney. Well, I'm an attorney who's also your lawyer. Well, the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, kind of. It's the same thing. It's kind of like apples and oranges, honestly. It, it literally is the same thing. They're completely mm, different well, words, though. What is that? Like, how could they? Yeah, why would we have two words for one thing? When I say cease and desist in the courtroom, I'm talking about two different things. We refer to a judge as a judge, but also as honor. Or a magistrate, if we're um, in Harry Potter. What's an arbiter? Is that the sheriff? I think it's a, a, a thing in StarCraft. Who's the guy that hands the paperwork to the judge? And, you don't, and worry, the, don't worry your pretty little head about that. Let me take care of stuff like that. The judge in the black you robe. You just work not on the promoting in- Gator uh, Gauntlet. I don't want... Jared, do you believe now, can- if you had a fun, family-friendly board game that was a showdown full of swampy shenanigans on that fateful night, do you believe things would have gone differently? Jared, don't answer that. I want to ask you. I understand you sued Ambien. That's right. Well, I might have to step in here to say, uh, as I'm, and I'm not sure whether Jared knows this or not, but that lawsuit was in kind of a way, from my perspective, is a little bit of like a petty counter lawsuit against Ambien. Um, because Ambien had already sued me the year before 
for using their intellectual property in my game Gator Gauntlet, there's an ambient card that if a gator gets it, it makes them extra hungry and want to eat more people. Which I fought against. I fought against that, Peter. Well, it just seems cool. Like it happens I in own real life. 49% right? of the LLC that is currently pushing Gator Gauntlet. He owns 51%. I have no voting rights. I have no say in the game. You know? I am the minority partner. But some in could this argue game. that you're partly the inspiration for the game. The Ambien story. I didn't story. want you to make the gator take Ambien and eat the rest of the gators. Don't you see how that makes it's a PR? Like you keep saying we beat the case, we beat the case. And it was just a mistrial because they didn't have any evidence because I ate everybody. I mean, I was I was on Ambien when I I don't remember what Now you know how that gator felt when he ate everybody after he got the Ambien. I'm card. based the gator's based on me. There's no gator. It's a uh, gator gauntlet. I, Peter. Can I open this box for you right here, Peter? Don't open the you box. You want to see these plastic figurines? You say there's no gator? Okay, the figurines are pretty good. We're going to have to put ask you to put that away. Well, that actually is very the f- Look at how well detailed. Well I was really have to, happy Look, with you got the, the green uh, gator, of course, but you could play as the pink gator. My brother, gator, he gator. actually, my brother really, he's into those little miniature towns with the train sets and everything. You know, just like um, uh, Halloween villages. I'm from Three Pumpkins. Well, so we well do Rod more. Stewart. Rod Stewart is very. He has a, an entire attic full of those. It's his hobby. My brother's into the same thing, and the amount of detail I can see them get into these figurines. Why don't? Why do I? Why am I talking about this, Jared? Let's get back to the case. Okay. How are you feeling going forward? Well, after the uh, Ambien lawsuit rolled up, um, I did feel a little bit of vindication. You know, um, it wasn't uh, quite the payout I wanted. We were seeking damages of 110 million, and uh, we got fifty thousand dollars, which to me is like okay, that's still like a victory. But it, in the terms of PR, everybody just looks at me as the guy that ate his entire family until there was no evidence and a mistrial was declared uh, because even somehow I digested the bones. You know. But what people don't talk about well, some is, bones are edible. People don't talk about that either. I don't want to get into the bones thing here. He he it, it in the previous versions of Gator Gauntlet, once you eat another gator, their bones remain and you can double eat them. And I, it, I don't want to get into the bone stuff again. But uh, you know, people look at me as this guy still that ate his entire family, not as like just a silly thirty-four-year-old single man from Three Pumpkins, California. You know, who has a good business idea and just wants to get on around the horn. Like, that's all I really want, Peter. That's all I really want. You know, and and put me in jail, eating me, chopping me up, cutting my feet off, torturing me. You know, that's not going to bring Jack Stance back. That's not going to bring back my nephew, Harry. That's not going to bring back my sister, Deborah and or Deborah. Because I'm thinking now there might have been two sisters. And there was Deborah and Deborah. Does that make sense? Does anybody have my file with them? How many sisters? Well, Jared, you mentioned you're angry at your father and your family for making fun of your skits and how your father took your skits and destroyed them, allegedly. I mean, where are the skits, Peter? I've been saying that for 15 years now. Where they're what the smoking were, gun s- where if they found them, it would be like Jared, what would you say if I told you right now? We have your skits. Objection, Your Honor. Well, how would you have got my listening? skits? Where'd you get my... I mean, that's great news because, you know, I always talked about how good those skits were. And, you know, I can't quite remember them. So, you know what? I'm not mad about that. I'm not nervous about that, that you found the skits at all. I'm actually happy. And I'm smiling now. Uh, well, you know, I'm smiling. Smile TV got... Smile TV got in contact with Arizona State. We found who your roommate was in the dorms when you were still in school. (sighs) Your roommate, Rodney Kessel, had your backpack that you left there. Can you guess what was in your backpack, Jared? There's some dirty clothes or, you know, homework or something. I don't know. As his lawyer, I think that's probably what was in there. There was a bottle of Burnett's vodka okay. that had about two thirds missing. Who wait? But there was two thirds of... missing. That had 
only one third missing when I left it in there. So you're going to really trust the guy that drinks his roommate's vodka? Well, hold on, Jared. In that backpack, what's this? I have your skits right here. All right. Well, it's good to see those. I There's don't know no if those, those are. are I left it. I don't know if those are real yet. If they are, I real, think I'm Jared. Happy, I think I Jared know. can confirm if those are. real. I don't know because no. I don't remember what the skits. We see what is the okay, name of have, the first we, skit we right here. This one. On, what's on the skit about? See right here. What's the skit about? This one right here is called the Poop Doctor. <laughs> well, you know that's a great idea for a sketch. It's a fucking hilarious genius idea for a sketch. That sounds like something that I would see on Saturday Night Live. That sounds is, like something caliber. I would see. Yeah. However, my, you can't prove that my client wrote. You know, that I think sketch. I would be more of a digital shorts guy. You know, like the Poop Doctor would be like a good digital short. Well, this one right here is Kurt Warner, the pedophile. I'm not sure how that one would work. Yeah, I don't. I, you one. know, I don't know how it works because I've never seen it before, and I'm not sure if that's the skit. But in my head, if I had to imagine, it would be that, you know, Brenda Warner's haircut, um, you know, was so boy-like that Kurt Warner would go around to a bunch of children, uh, you know, doing sexually inappropriate things to him because he thinks it's his wife. You know, because his wife had such an unfortunate haircut. You thought that's funny? You think this is something that should be on television? I'm just saying that that's what I'm guessing because I don't even remember if it's mine or not. Okay. This one right here is just called Beavis and Butthead. I don't know what I don't know what you're doing, Peter. I think of, we should leave kind it of a up to era of Beavis and Butthead. We we should house. leave it up to um, the judge to decide if these are funny. No, they're fun. I mean, the Beavis and Butthead one is funny. He didn't say it right. I mean, I'm guessing because I don't know if it's my sketch or not. But basically, like, it's a parody of Beavis and Butthead because I don't know if you watch this, but everybody thinks Beavis and Butthead are so funny, but they're just, like, fucking stupid. They just say dumb stuff. And it's like, why is this funny that they're stupid, you know? So there was, like, a satire of Beavis and Butthead where they're, like, stupid. Like, they're Wait, dope, so it's like, a satire because they're stupid, but in the normal one, they're just stupid, too. So it's just exactly the same. But it's a parody. But it's just exactly the same. Well, I don't... This is another one. That's just another reference to other culture. Uh, The Beverly Hillbillies make a porno. I don't know what the joke is there. Okay, so if I had to guess... You can tell these are written by a 19-year-old. If I had to guess... Um, Did you write these, Jared? I'd have to take a closer look at them to see if it's like my style. But if I'm guessing, what I'm guessing happens with the Beverly Hillbillies make a porno is that probably instead of they're such hillbillies, right? That instead of like jacking off or having sex, I think like uh, he would have sex with the ground, like a hole in the ground. And I think that he would have sex with a hole in the ground and he would hit oil and oil would go flying and covering him all. Oh, that's how they got rich. It's like the origin story. And it would kind of end with a riff on like the Beverly Hillbillies covered in like blackface because the oil got on their face. Jared, and I don't know. You have to keep in mind matters. that was a very different time back then. Not that I wrote it. I'm just thinking it was a very different time because you think about the Hangover movie. They said some words right at the beginning there that you wouldn't be able to do now. You know, it was a different comedy landscape. Even guys that are considered kind of woke now were doing a lot of jokes where, you know, they said the F word and the N word and stuff like that. And, you know, if it's on Netflix, they just go back and they wipe it all out. So nobody remembers. But, you know, I, I remember it. We were allowed to say it. South Park was huge, you know. Jared, do you want my personal opinion? Uh, about the skits or about me killing my family? Well, I will say this. I'm interested in your opinion skits, about Gator Gauntlet, too, if you have time. But uh, Ken, hold on. I wanted to say I think these skits are maybe equal or worse ideas than Gator Gauntlet. And I think <laughs> that the fact that you ate your family write those over skits. some petty fight with your father. I didn't write those skits. Okay, I didn't write and those skits. And he was skits. on Ambien, by the way, which is the your signature. It was him or me. It was Grandma Maggie or me. They were all on Ambien. Uh, you know, up here in the corner of the skit, you drew a Stussy S. Did you draw this? What's a Stussy S? You know the S that everyone draws? Yeah, I drew the 90s S. S? I thought that was the 90s I have S. that tattoo on my forearm, yes. Does that, that? I didn't write the sketch, though. I didn't write the sketch, even though it matches exactly with my forearm tattoo. Actually, here, let's put them right next to each other. Get a shot. Wait, don't get a shot of that, because it doesn't matter. You don't need to get a shot of that. Uh, Ken, if you could step in and, 
You I'm going to put the Gator I'll put the Gator Gauntlet box in front of no, the camera. No, just no, be a lawyer now because I think I'm uh, saying some stuff that I'm messing up and he's got this. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm so distracted because I just like, want to talk about the I know the game. it's like but I need you right now to stay in the moment. Okay, We're look, g- Gator Gauntlet later. We can't tell who wrote these sketches. Even though these ideas seem similar to my clients, it's possible someone, possibly his roommate, plagiarized every single idea he well, had. Well, hold on. And that's what those are. Those he began this interview by calling them you began these in this interview by calling them skits, but now you're calling them sketches. Well, my client wrote skits. Those sound I, like sketches I wrote to me. Skits and quite sketches. Frankly, quite frankly, those sound like sketches. It's a fr- I do a lot of front-facing skits videos, but I also have some sketch work because you're going to have to do sketch work if you want to make... Well, I think the language should just be consistent, much like how you should be an attorney or a lawyer. Well, no offense. It's both the same thing. Peter, but I kind of but feel you like... you say it's different. That's my lawyer's job And now job you're saying that, I am that saying, the skits and sketches are the same. No, sketches are the thing that his roommate was making, which is what you have in your hand there. He plagiarized these good ideas from my client who would have gone on to SNL forever and been a superstar if it wasn't for someone setting him up on that Ambien. I would have done like six Jared, seasons we and had I would have quit really we had classy. Stack, I would have done a really classy quit. We had this notebook full of skits, fingerprinted. Guess what matches on it? Um, Your fingerprints. Well, so you have proof that I, I touched somebody else's skits? Were you plagiarizing skits from your roommate? They I unlo- shared printer you know paper. What? They had one printer. It was a dorm. They only have one printer. You're probably touching all the paper for fun beforehand. Well, I love touching paper for fun. I find it. I like You know what I think, Jared? Stuff. I think you ate your family on that Thanksgiving night in 2007 to hide the fact that the skits that you're pushing so hard weren't even yours. I still believe... Well, wait, hold on. So wait, if I disagree with that, I'm admitting the sketches are mine. If I admit the sketches are mine, then that makes it look like I lied about my dad hiding my sketches, which makes me look like I deliberately ate my entire family as an act of revenge. But one thing that it doesn't explain, why was I taking so much Ambien, Peter? He's got gotcha. you. I think because you had anxiety, you are a 19-year-old who was upset that no one found his skits that he ripped off from a friend to be funny. I think the Ken- friend ripped him off. Ken, I think we should talk about Gator Gauntlet. I think we should just go into Gator Gauntlet. I think we no, should we're talk not talking. We're Gator done Gauntlet. with Gator the thing Gauntlet. The about Gator Gauntlet is that it's guys versus gators in a showdown full of swampy shenanigans. And I could imagine that it'd be a lot more fun to for people at home to play that game than to listen to all this he said she said out here about and you know what it was 15 years ago you know it was 50 think about something embarrassing you did 15 years ago you know and people keep talking about it all the time i think getting my pants pulled down at a party is a lot different than you (laughs) eating your entire family that's not embarrassing the the listeners the viewers the jury if they heard this this guy got his pants pulled down i was in the weeds on ambien i was in the weeds it all looked like vietnam you know i don't remember but i'm guessing that's what it was like so you began this interview admitting that you ate your family, but now you deny that you ate your family. Well, no, like I ate them. I'm just the saying it, it, wasn't, it. it wasn't my fault, you know? What about boys will be boys? You ever and heard like, of that, Peter? Why is my old roommate, Richard Kressel or whatever, even a valley? Like why? What does he have to do with anything? You know, yeah, he might just go up. missing. He might just go missing. And then what kind of a case do you have? Yeah, you know? it would be bad if he went missing. He should be somewhere safe where they can watch over him like prison. Well, we, Jared, we already have the time? evidence. He gave us the evidence we need already. Rodney Kressel is no longer needed. He's no longer needed? He's expendable? Are you saying you plan to kill him? That would be a crime, sir. Objection. You're leading me. Uh, well, he, this isn't the courtroom. I can Wait, do whatever you I can't want. Object. He can't object. Wait, this is a show. No, he's what are we doing here? He was the judge on the show. He can I have say a, J- a JD, a judge degree. My uh, producers are telling me we have to wrap this up. Well, my producers Jared, are telling me that everyone else? should check out uh, Gator Gauntlet in stores Ken? and some targets. Ken, where I have gone. Ken, I will th- I'll have you thrown out of this fucking studio. We'll do a Kickstarter, probably. Jared, uh, you know what? I'll see myself out, but I'll keep this copy of Gator Gauntlet here. You want to give it to your brother who likes the figurines? You know, that's your choice. You gotta admit they're good Jared, figurines. Is there anything else you would like to say to the people of America watching right now? Well, I guess speaking from the heart, I'd like to say so hard um after all this time to kind of say it but um i'm gonna try um 
January 2nd, I'm going to be performing all weekend at Funny's Comedy Club. Um, <laughs> I have a 6.30 show and a 9.30 show on the Saturday after. The weekend after that, I'm going to be in Omaha, um, and I'm going to be at Silly's. And at Silly's, I'm doing a 15-minute set, but it's $5 at the door. So if you can't make it, I understand. But, um, yeah, I just want the American people to know that. I guess there's nothing more to say. Check out Gator America? Gauntlet. If anyone wants to buy 49% of Gator Gauntlet. Gator Gauntlet, I'm looking to sell. You decide for yourselves. I'm Peter Faulkner. Thank you. Good night.